0: Tuned into Toby Talks, episode 38. The Year of the Nurse Continues. When they said in 2020 it was the Year of the Nurse, they really forgot to put the S behind year. It has been the Years of the Nurse. Um, We are in 2022, and it has been a while since I've been on the mic, Um, and it's been intentional. And I have truly battled with how to come back, right? I know I have a amazing following and it's not because of me, but it's because of the work and because I really want to make sure that the nursing field is transparent as possible and that we are trying our best to advocate um, for all the roles out there by exposing them and letting everyone know the various roles in nursing, right? Um, So to help decrease burnout. If you're burnt out in one role, you know there's various opportunities. Or if your life is changing, if you are in a different season and you need a career that fits that season, nursing is still that field. Um, And I think I pride myself so much of highlighting those things. And I want to continue to do that work. Hey, Toby Talks fam, before we get deep into this episode, I have to share something with you. If you are looking for all things Toby Talks podcast and more, then download Clever FM on iOS or Android. Here, you can have access to all my in-depth show notes, search for episodes by topic, and take your own notes. And the best part is you can have a conversation with me and the community using the discussion boards. So join me on Clever FM and let's keep this conversation going. Okay for this episode. So before I can even move forward with you know some of the cool podcast episodes that are going to be coming out and some of the cool projects that I've been working on that I'm excited to share with you guys, I really want to be transparent. I really want to give you guys just a small glimpse of my world. Um, and the only reason being so is because I'm working on being more transparent. I'm a really private person, but I know that sometimes in my journey, I can share some things that can help someone else who are going through that same season. And that's the main reason why I share. That's the main reason why I do what I do um, on the podcast is because we're all in this together and I never want anyone to feel like they're in the walk alone. So even if it's that one story or that one experience that someone has gone through that resonates with someone else, that inspires someone else, that encourages someone else, then I'm doing exactly what I need to do. So... For you guys, I have not been on the airwaves for a while and that's because so many things have been going on in my world. Um, In 2019, me and my amazing husband um, were pregnant with our first child and we actually lost our baby through an ectopic rupture. Um, I'll actually talk more in details about that on like a whole nother episode, but it was a very traumatic season for us and the most traumatic part for me was, um, one, not, you know, not be able to become that mother at that time that I wanted to be, but then also just feeling like the world was closing in on me. You know, I I was in and out the hospital. I was still working my role, um, as a director of quality and trying to balance those things out was so hard. And then on top of that, I had the podcast and I remember, (laughs) I remember one day I just broke down in the middle of our, um, our our townhome, apartment style, whatever, in the hallway. And I just broke down because I couldn't keep up with everything, you know? And at that time, I shouldn't. I should have just focused solely on my health. And I think that's when I realized that, you know what? I need to take a break and, you know, check out. And that's something that resonated with me so much that I want to hopefully encourage someone that if you're going through a season where you just need to stop what you're doing and focus solely on your mental health and your physical health, do it. Everything else can wait, everything else will be there, but you won't, and you won't be able to give the best you until you realize that. And in that season, I was really grateful that I had a really good support system, um, not only in my workplace, but also at home. Um, and a therapist that was so supportive and that kind of helped me through you know, that loss. And not only the loss of a child, but the loss of not having a grasp on my own life. You know, So many things were happening at that moment. And then we hit into 2020, um, and the Lord blessed us in the beginning of the year with our, our pregnancy, um, which we birthed in a beautiful son. And in that season of 2020, like the rest of the world, we were dealing with a pandemic. We were dealing with isolation. We were dealing with social unrest. Um, we were dealing with so much, and it was such a heavy year. And in that same year, um, I felt like I had to show up. I felt like I had to be that voice that, you know, kind of resonates peace that brings in some form of unity Um, because I was leading a diversity and inclusion team at the organization I was working for. And at that time, there was so much hurt and pain and, you know, it was finally a season where organizations were realizing that they need a safe space for their employees and their staff to Be able to come and show up as themselves. So imagine leading that. Imagine having to go through that while you're also dealing with your own hurt, your pain, your loss. I'm still not over the loss of our first pregnancy. I'm so anxious and scared of the current pregnancy, hoping that it comes to full term and having to realize that I actually need to check out. I need to check out from everything that I was seeing on social media. I need to check out from everything that I was hearing on the news because it truly was physically um, hurting me. I was physically sad. I was going through moments where I just wasn't myself, and I wanted to be the best mother at that time by showing up for myself and for my son. So I took a longer leave. I, I removed myself from a lot of things and. Um, And at that time, I became a mother in November, and it was the best thing that had ever happened in my life, you know, minus meeting my husband. Uh, But it was just phenomenal. And I realized that I wanted to hop back into the everyday thing that I used to do, but I was still needing that mental time to grieve, to be excited, to see this new journey, to, you know, really embark on what motherhood has to show me um, and it was really hard. It was a hard season because you would think in the season of being a new mom, you'd be surrounded by your friends, your support systems, um, me being Nigerian, you know, all the aunties and uncles want to come over and cook and do all those things and I didn't have that opportunity. You know, I had to really become my own self, my own mother in my own space with my husband um, I was so blessed that my little sister actually got to, um, stay with us for some time, but in that season of isolation, it was still a lot, you know, it was still a lot mentally. You're a new mom. You, you don't get to go to the mommy groups. You don't get to, you know, hang out lazadistically like you would, um, is that a word, lazadistically? I think I made it a word. I don't know, but, um, I didn't get to have those opportunities, but I did have a good support system virtually. You know, I had a lot of close friends at that time that would check in. I had an amazing support system at my workplace. So it was almost like making the best of what that situation was. And in that time, I realized that I didn't need to rush and be back to what I used to be as the world is changing, as we're finding our new normal I also had to find my new normal, and that was giving myself space to heal, to grow, to think, to breathe, to become who um, who I'm going to be in this next season. And that was so important, and I didn't realize it then. Now looking back, I'm so grateful that um, I did take that time away from being on social media. I took that time away from being on the podcast. I took that time away from sharing because it was needed that time was needed. And I hope whoever's listening to this also like realizes that sometimes disappearing is the best for you. Like You need that time to heal, to grow. And I know a lot of times people will see a lot of the nursing influencers or other people on social media that are influencers and portraying this certain kind of image, but it's a lot of work behind the scenes and it's not what you think. Um, so, and I never gotten to Podcasting to be an influencer to be someone that trends—that's um, never been my ammo. My my whole goal is just to be able to provide resources and information that allows another nurse or a future inspiring nurse to grow and really, um, really grasp what this profession has and and enjoy it and make it their own. So when when I can think that way, it helps me not be so inclined to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on something or, oh my gosh, you know, um, I'm not, you know, I'm losing listeners or audience, um, which I have to say, thank you guys so much. For someone who's been gone for a while, you guys are truly like sharing this information. It makes me so happy when I get emails and DMs and um, messages saying like how much this information has helped. How much you've been sharing—it really makes me feel like the work is valued, and I thank you guys so much. And continue to continue to share this information is needed, and I want people to know the opportunities in nursing, and I want people to grow. But in the same token, during that time, I—if um, many of you know—I established a nonprofit organization, and this nonprofit organization is called Toby Tajamabul Nursing Foundation, also known as TTNF, and. I had no idea that this is where my heart was going to go a few years ago when I was starting this podcast. I literally just turned on the mic and said, hey, there's so many nurses I know out there. They're doing so many things, and I want them to share, and I want them to be transparent because as a millennial, we want transparency. We want to know what the job is like. How much does it pay? Do you really have a work-life balance? Can you grow, whether it's financially, whether it's career-wise? We just want the the raw information and not the sugar-coated things. So when I started this back in 2018, that was my whole mission. It was just to be able to inspire the next generation of nurses to know their vast opportunities out there and really to help with the burnout um, and and let them know that you don't only have to work at the bedside or there's various opportunities in and outside the hospital walls. So take it back to 2019. um, That's when it it just kind of dawned on my heart that I've gone through so many things as a nursing student. And I talk a lot about my experience as a nursing student because that's that's something that will always live with me. Um, it's something that inspires me to keep going. But I remember the struggles that I went through when I was in nursing school. I remember truly being financially like, I don't even have a pretty word to say it, just broke, nonstop broke, constantly trying to figure out how to survive. And at that time, um, my family was also going through a housing crisis. You know, we were homeless at that time. So as the oldest sibling, I'm just trying my best to help with resources. And I would pull out a lot of student loans just to help, you know, cover mortgage costs or cover, you know, lights and expenses and things like that. Not thinking that it would ever run out because, you know, nobody ever talks to us about student loans and having a cap until you reach that cap. (laughs) But I remember just the struggles of financially in desperation all the time. And then I also remember just the struggles of trying to become a nurse. And I remember two things that I just so desperately needed that time. One would have been mentorship. I would have really valued someone who has gone through what I've gone through to mentor me how to get through the seasons I was going through in nursing school. Um, If I would have had someone to like let me know, like, hey, you know, the way you used to study needs to be a little different, or hey, you know, I've gone through a failure, and you're going to be okay, it happens. And these are some of the resources that I use to bounce back. Um, I think that would have really played a lot of value into my into my life at that time. And another thing was just financial stability. If I would have had more finances, more funding, um, if books were cheaper, I hope the publishers can hear this, but books were like crazy expensive and you needed one for everything. And, you know, materials were expensive. And there was just some way that I could, in that season, be funded those things to help. I think it would have really resonated with me more. So when I think about those things, and then the last thing too, not only mentorship funding, but it was also mental health. Like as nursing students, we went through a lot mentally I mean, I look back and I just think about all the things that I could not participate in, right? I couldn't participate in, like, many of my friends that were getting married, I couldn't go to their weddings. I couldn't participate in family holidays. And it wasn't by force, it was just I had exams. Like, nursing was the sole entity of my life. And the way that we would study, we would be up for hours and then go to sleep for like two or three hours and then wake back up. And be in class and have to like consume all that information, and then after that we're going to clinicals, and then after that we're going to simulation labs. It took a toll mentally on us, and I don't think we've ever had a moment to just take a step back and think mentally how are we doing and I remember an incident I closed my eyes, I remember an incident where I think we had an exam we had Uh, class that morning, then Sims. It was like, it almost felt like the 24 hours we were in school. And I remember coming back to my apartment and my friend Inez and Ashley and me, we were all in our living room, in my living room. And I think we all started laughing hysterically. And then we just bursted out crying. I think we just started crying and laughing for at least 20 minutes. And we we were, we didn't even know why we were crying and laughing. We were just hysterical. Because we were so deprived of sleep and then we were just so mentally exhausted. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what am I fighting for? I'm fighting to do all this to just save lives. And, and when, when people say that, you know, you have to be passionate about nursing, it's real deal because you're already kind of breaking down in nursing school to be able to save somebody else. So I just felt like, man, if I had some kind of mental health resource to work on, like, Mentally making sure I'm okay, mentally taking a deep breather, especially when you find out you failed a test after studying for hours or you didn't pass a simulation lab test. Those are times where, you know, you really want to talk to somebody. You really want to work through those things Um, because I know for a fact that nursing school gave me extreme testing anxiety, like to the point where even now as an adult, I still... I will avoid certification, even though I know I know everything. I will avoid taking a certification exam just so I don't have to rethink and relive failing and, you know, feeling like I'm not good enough. Man, that was like the hardest part of nursing. So, those three things the mentorship, the financial resource, and like mental health and, 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 Um, information that can help me grow as a nurse, those things continue to stay with me. And I decided that, you know, I don't want this to continue. If there's a little bit that I can do to add to the solution, I'm going to do it. So I have an amazing um, board member that came together, and many of them are not even nurses. Many of them really are advocates for nurses, and they believe so much in the mission um, that, you know, our, our main goal is really to empower the next generation of nurses, Right, and, and how do we do that? How do we empower the next generation of nurses? How do we make sure that nurses aren't burnt out and leaving within the first you know, year of becoming a nurse or leaving the field completely because they feel like, you know what, this isn't what I signed up for? Um, I mean, people don't even know, like 17% of newly licensed nurses leave their first nursing job within a year. And I know many of those friends. I had friends call me and ask me, how do I get into what you're doing? Or do you know any other areas in nursing that I can get into? Because I don't, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I remember just thinking like, you know, I want my mission and the mission of my foundation to address those shortages and the high burnout. I really want to provide resources that equips nursing professionals and students with mentoring, with educational resources, and with scholarships, because those are the things that I needed. And with that being said, you know, I, I I took so much time into building and developing a organization that would allow those resources to to come to fruition. And in 2021, I was so excited. That was our first year of actually, you know, doing huge crowdfunding, reaching our goal of 5K, and we were able to give five students a thousand dollar scholarship. And it might seem little, right? Um, But for me, I felt like I was starting somewhere. And the big deal about that was because when I was in my very last semester of nursing school, I don't think I shared this story um, before, but my very last semester of nursing school, I at that time I was working five jobs. Um, I was tutoring at a high school for three hours um, a few times a week. I was working as a student aide on campus for a multicultural center. I was working at our apartment, um, off-campus apartment, um, 20 hours a week, so I didn't have to pay rent. Um, I was also working at our local hospital there as a tech. Um, overnight tech. And then I also was working at a local hospital in Dallas. So I would actually drive on the weekend and pick up some shifts there. And all of that was just to, you know, have financial stability. So in between those times, you know, I'm working, I'm trying to like, you know, save, uh, pay off bills, pay my rent, pay books and fees and all that, and still surviving off a little bit of scholarship, I'm not scholarship, uh, financial aid. So my last semester, um, it's supposed to be the year I graduate. And I went into the financial aid office and they said I had reached my max. I had capped out. And I was like, what? Is that even a thing? I didn't even know you can like really cap out of money. And they said, yeah, I've reached my max. Um, and mind you, the backstory, this is my third university. Um, I transferred from a different nursing program that I failed out of. And I came to this university and I did community college for my um, a lot of my, uh, prereqs. So all those schools, different tuition costs, pulling out student loans, and then also pulling out, you know, all my refund checks that I would get, I'll pull out the max so that I'll send most of my refund checks home to help my family. So I never thought all those things would accumulate to where I am now. Right. So I'm sitting there looking at the financial aid office. I'm like, what, what am I going to do? I cannot afford this last semester. And you know, if you don't pay your semester, you cannot continue to go to class. So I remember multiple times I would have I've gone and sat down, with, I think the financial aid advisor, and I kind of just pleaded my case, like, this is where I am. I'm almost close to my goal. This is my very last semester. And the good thing about it was um, prior to that, I was very active on campus. I was president of NAACP. Um, I was a part of our African student organization, a part of our nursing association. So I was pretty active on campus. And I know you're probably thinking, like, how do you even find time to do all that? You're active on campus, you're working, you're in school. I don't even know. It was the grace of God. Okay. Um, and probably a little bit of my ADHD <laughs> and keeping me busy. But I remember pleading my case to her. And because I was so active, I think she took actually time to listen to my story. And she just told me, like, you know, there's nothing we can do right now, but let me see what I can do and I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll reach out to you and, and see if there's any information. So I remember the following day, I think, I don't remember if it was an email or a call. She, I was back in her office, and I remember her looking at me, and she said, "Here are two scholarships." And mind you, at that time, my GPA was not like phenomenal, okay? Because I did fail a nursing pro—I failed a class two semesters previous, so I had to repeat a class. So once you fail a class in nursing school, even if it's like a seventy-four point whatever, it kind of does mess up your GPA a little bit, or a lot of it. Um, so one, I just felt like I'm not going to get any scholarships because most scholarships you need know, 3.0 or 3.5, you know, and I just I was nowhere in the threes. I was sitting real cozy in the twos, the lower twos. So I just was blown away when she said I found two scholarships for you, and I think they totaled. I think there was like, I from what I remember, I think it was almost four to five thousand each. There were probably twenty five hundred each, and I remember her telling me to take, um, take the check, I think it was a check. I can't remember, the detail's are a little foggy because it's been a minute. But she told me to take whatever paperwork she gave me to the Brissard's office to cash the scholarship. And mind you, the scholarship amount was enough to cover my tuition at that time. And I remember prior to this, I had actually quit three jobs because it was my last semester and I need to focus. focus. I remember I quit tutoring, I quit um, working at one of the hospitals. And I think I I quit the office, uh, the student aid office in the Multicultural Center. I don't remember. No, I didn't. I kept that one because that was a good job. One other job I I ended up letting go. Oh, I think it was working on campus. I think I let go, um, not working on campus, working at the apartment. And I let those go because I just couldn't, I couldn't balance it all. So I remember her telling me to go to the Brissera's office to cash the scholarships. And she specifically said, use this scholarship to pay for your rent to buy your books, to buy your cap and gown. You're going to graduate this semester. And as she's talking to me, I'm not I'm hearing her, but I'm like, "What?" because I'm thinking I'm going to go cash this to pay off my my balance so I can continue to go to class. And she told me the next sentence that came out of her mouth was, "When you graduate as a nurse, come back and pay off your bill." And I I was just I was shaking, I was bawling, like, oh my gosh, like, this was the grace that I needed, like, thank you so much. So I used that funds to pay my rent for the rest of the semester, bought my books, bought my cap and gown, and I remember going to get my cap and gown because I was with my very good friend, Cara, me and her both went, and we were so excited um, that we're graduating, you know, and I just, when I close my eyes and I think about that grace and I think about the fact that That was an opportunity given to me to complete my dream of becoming a nurse. I don't ever want anyone else to be at the finish line and can't finish because they don't have the funds that they need to finish. I mean, that is it's not that you don't know the knowledge, not that you don't you know, you're not trying. It's just you literally don't have the finances. And that is the story behind why it's so like important for me to want to raise any kind of money to help students. And the thing about my scholarship is I do not have a GPA requirement because why would I allow a GPA requirement to determine if you're worthy? You're in the program. You're about to graduate. You're almost there. Or even if you're just getting into the program, I don't feel like a number should determine if you're worthy or not to have the financial support you need or the resources that you need. And That has been the passion behind why I want to do what I want to do um, through this foundation. Another thing is mentorship, really aligning students with other nurses or nursing graduate students who have gone down that road before, who can help inspire them and give them encouragement and tell them like, hey, I know this season. I remember this. And this is the things and tools that helped me. And if you need some advice or if you need someone to vent to or if you need someone to help you kind of navigate your next steps, reach out to me. And I think mentorship is so important. I mean, I I don't even know how much I can say this. Mentorship is so important. And I was so grateful and blessed that I had an amazing mentor who turned to be a lifelong friend who mentored me when I became a nurse, um, a nurse graduate. And she actually mentored me in my internship as well. Um, And I think I've posted about her a few times, I don't know, uh, but Kimberly, I will always be like, I'll always pay homage to her. I love her so much because she really invested in me as a nursing, a new nursing graduate. And I remember going through things that even life, I was going through life things and I was trying to balance it with work and she was always there for me. But I talk so much about mentorship because it's important. And I think that investing it in nursing students now will help build nurses who end up mentoring new nurses. I know we want to combat the burnout and the bullying, but unless we cultivate nurses while they're in nursing school to pour back into each other and to pour back when they become a nurse to others who are aspiring to be a nurse, that's when we can really change that that culture that talks about bullying, that talks about burnout. You know, when you have a camaraderie, when you have a support system, when you have a community in nursing school, and when you become a nurse, it helps you kind of fight through a lot of those trials and tribulations that you're going to face when you become a nurse and you're going to face while you're in nursing school. So a lot of those things I got to work on and it's made me so proud and I just couldn't help but think, man, can I do more, right? And this foundation is allowing me to do more. And the podcast is one resource that is out there, but I really want to continue to build a community of nurses that truly are empowering the next generation. So I encourage you, if you are a nurse and you're looking for a way to give back, whether it's financially or through your time or through volunteer work, definitely check out my organization, ttnfoundation.org. If you're a nursing student and you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking for resources to help empower your journey to becoming a nurse, or if you just need that financial support to continue your journey to becoming a nurse, visit my website and find out how we can really help you. So as my life is evolving, so is this podcast. I am still going to continue to share different roles in nursing, have wonderful guests on here being transparent um, about their roles and how to get into them and how much it pays and what the beauty of it is, what the challenges are, just being open and honest about nursing. But I also want to use my platform to help advocate for other areas in healthcare. I'm really passionate about health equity. I'm really passionate about diversity, inclusivity. And those are some topics that we really need to have a deeper discussion on. And not only just having those discussions, but putting actions in place that help us move forward as a community and empowering individuals to be advocates of their own health. But really, I'm so excited for all the new episodes that are going to be coming out with a lot of great topics that we're discussing and funny thing is, I see a lot of, I'm a part of a lot of groups on um, social media, and I see a lot of students that ask questions that are, you know, really needing that feedback from us nurses, experienced nurses. So I'm actually going to be going through some of those questions myself. And sometimes during the podcast, I'm going to interrupt some episodes to actually kind of answer those questions and and kind of give you the feedback that, um, that you're looking for, especially to our nursing students. And I do want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you for all the nurses out there who are continuously day in and day out showing up, saving lives and impacting our community. We cannot thank you enough. And 2020 was not just your year. Your year is every year and you are valued. You are essential and you are the fabric of our community and our lives. So thank you so much for everything that you do. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode and that you've been left with some gems that are really going to empower you on your journey. But now I need your help. As you know, I started a foundation called Toby Tajimalo Nursing Foundation, and our mission is to address the nursing shortages and high burnout rates that are affecting healthcare. So how are we doing that? Well, We're doing it through mentorship services, educational resources like this podcast and scholarships. And currently, we are raising $5,000 to give to students who are in financial need this academic school year. So if you want to support our cause and you love listening to this podcast, go to our website at ttnfoundation.org to donate or become a Patreon where you can get exclusive content and updates on the latest episodes and so much more. And don't forget, the conversation doesn't end here. Download Clever FM and join me in our live discussion boards and let's keep this conversation going. Till next time, talk to you soon.